Welcome to the True Grit Strength Podcast. I'm Ryan Steck. And I'm Rachel Geiger. We created the True Grit Strength Podcast so that we can share our stories around how strength training changed us for the better and helped us to discover our athletic potential, develop grit, and pursue growth in all aspects of our lives. It's through our stories that we hope to share with you that regardless of where you are or where you've started from, you can build strength and athleticism in all ages and stages of life despite loss, injuries, or setbacks. So how do you make a comeback to the gym when the odds are stacked against you? Tune in to find out. Hey everybody, welcome back to the True Great Strength Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back. I'm excited for today's topic. I know we left you guys on a little bit of a cliffhanger last week (laughs) in terms of what is macro counting so today we're going to be talking about what are macros we talk about it all the time on here and today we're finally going to talk about it in detail for those of you who are not familiar with what they are yeah and I distinctly remember a conversation the first conversation I had with Ryan around macros we were like in Brooklyn leaving Trader Joe's and he was like, yeah, a calorie is either carbs, protein, or fat. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, and it, I just really remember it, like, changing my entire perspective on food and calories. So I'm, like, really excited to share this knowledge with everyone because it definitely changed and shaped my own experience. Yeah, for sure. I've been macro counting for about five years. And I remember when I first learned about it, it was in a training with a first training book that I ever read. Um, the nutrition, it was like a workout program. Um, but the nutrition plan that was laid out in the book was basically an introduction to macros. And I remember just being so excited about it for a number of reasons. One, I don't know, I just got it's there's some math involved. And I like kind of nerded out in the mathematical detail of it. But I also was really excited because I had never heard about nutrition talked about in this way. Yeah. And because I was used to reading diet books or whatever and having it being like, okay, here's the deal with this diet. Like, you can't have this, you can't have that, like, you right. gotta do this thing, you gotta do that thing. And I was like, okay, what do I have to cut out? And then when I read about it in this book, I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is talking about all the things that I can do. As long as it just hits these numbers, um, I can really eat a lot of stuff. So I was really excited about it because it was not restrictive. And so... It's not for everybody. Like, I'll definitely preface this episode by saying that um, it is, you know, it is extremely detail oriented. But I do know for people out there who are extremely detail oriented and like that level of detail and like clarity, I think it is a really great, uh, a really great uh, path to take. But also, before we dive into it, the other thing I want to say is don't skip past this episode if you're not interested in macro counting because yes. there are things that we're going to talk about today regard uh, in regards of to nutrition and just like understanding like what calories are and how our bodies process them and what our food is made of. If so even if you have no plans to ever macro count or you're not looking to diet or whatever, this is a still a really valuable episode because you're going to learn a lot about nutrition and a lot about food yeah. and just making better, healthier choices. Um, and so hang hang tight. At the end of this episode, we're also going to give you guys some good resources. So if you are interested in macro counting or somehow yeah. we, you know, uh, pique your interest in this episode and you want to learn more about it, we're going to uh, link some uh, resources at the end uh, for you guys to learn um, how to track or how to figure out what how many calories you should be eating per day different ways that you can break down those calories um, and then also how you can get started tracking your food. Yep. Um, definitely. Totally agree with everything Ryan just said. I've been tracking macros for about three years and when I first started it was a really slow rollout um, introduction into actually tracking like very specifically in the way that Ryan mentioned. But the thing that I loved about it and why I continued to stick with it was because I just learned so much about food and like the value that food has and like really was able to reframe my idea of like nutrition and healthy and like what that meant for me and my body. So it is really helpful even if you don't have intentions of like being someone who tracks macros. Yeah, and I know I've said this in other episodes and stuff, but I I, hands down again, like even if you're not somebody who's looking to diet per se, like... I think that the most valuable nutritional thing that anybody can learn is the caloric value of food yes, and how that differs from one food to the next. Because I think 
we are a lot of what we understand about nutrition it comes from media and Mm. how our diet how we're taught to think about certain foods and you know sweets are bad and sugar is evil and carbs are terrible and fat is bad you know like in the 90s there was the whole like low fat craze it's like it's always something and like those I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with diets and we're we talked in about the ins and outs of different diets last episode so we're not really going to get into that again but I will just say like understanding the caloric value of food is very valuable because it allows you to make uh your own well-educated choices about what you choose to put in your body and the things that we've previously been taught are bad when you understand the caloric value and how they're actually broken down into these macronutrients which is what we're going to talk about today you can really understand it's like sometimes you realize it's like oh this food isn't quote-unquote bad or good right you know it just has different value than this other thing right right like I guess before we go into that, I can give an example, but you know, like sometimes actually I'm trying to think of a good one. I, the one I always use is the Chipotle versus sweet green. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> sweet green being, if you don't know what that is, it's like a, you know, one of those like make your own salad places or whatever. And the macro balance, the balance of macros of what I used to get at Chipotle was actually better than what I would get from this salad place. Right. Because, you know, just, and we'll talk about what that means, but I just mean like you can uncover, or I think we used before like that cereal example. Right. Right. This healthy, quote unquote, healthy, good cereal had way more carbs and sugar in it um, than Captain Crunch did. Sorry, our pets are freaking out and <laughs> we only can record this right now. And so we're just going to roll through it. Yeah, we're rolling, y'all. It's fine. Um, no, I, I totally agree. I think um, when I first started tracking macros, it was like I had a really emotionally charged relationship with food. And like I learned that, you know, tracking food in this way and like learning that caloric value like Ryan mentioned actually like completely transformed my relationship to food and eating so for me I feel like that's the benefit it's definitely I don't view it as like a diet or like this is my restrictive diet it has never felt like that for me um and just speaking from my own personal experience like it just really really helped me unpack a lot of my um my kind of issues around food yeah yeah, again, it's like I said, it, it helps you understanding what our foods are made of and why we should care about those things that and why we should care about this balance, again, just allows you to make more well-educated choices about what we choose to eat. Right. And again, I think it breaks out of this sort of like uh, morale, you know, placing morality on food. And like right, some like this is good, this good is bad. Good carbs and bad carbs yeah. and good and bad this. Like I hate that. Like I do not use that type of language around food at all. I just understand just again like the cost of things. Like I understand that some things are more expensive and some things are cheaper. And that's kind of right. how I look at it. Like I can eat pizza. I just know that that is going to have a higher caloric value than if I have a chicken breast or whatever but like I can still choose how I want to spend my calories and once you understand this you're you can again choose actively how you want to spend all right so we are going to break down like what macros are because I feel like we've said this a lot and it's kind of like what are even macros yeah um right and then we're gonna like break down um carbs fat and protein um, and then Ryan's going to give you all some tips for like where what to do with this information and where to go next. Cool. So let's start with what are macros. So macros uh, is actually short for macronutrients. Um, and these are the three primary nutrients that make up the calories of the food that we eat. So macronutrients provide your body with energy, right, that it needs to function. Um, and the three are, which I just mentioned, carbs, protein, and fat. Right. And so like for those of you who don't know, and I did not know this before I went through my training education, but calories are basically energy. So like right. it's, a, it's a metric for energy. So when we say like calories burned, calories consumed, that's basically like energy that we're burning through activity or that's energy that we're consuming and adding to our body. So 
Um, so yeah, so those calories are made up of nutrients right? and there's macronutrients and there's micronutrients and micronutrients are basically just like the vitamins and minerals that are in our foods and what we eat. And the macronutrients are these three major nutrients, the three biggest nutrients that make up our food. So like Rachel said, um, carbs, protein, and fat. So then each macronutrient has a caloric value per gram. So carbs have four calories per gram, protein has four calories per gram, and then fat has nine calories per gram. Right. And so we're going to give you some examples. So so when you consume a food, the total calories of that food come from different ratios of these three macronutrients. So an easy example, because I was trying to pick something that like wouldn't change based off the size of it. Like if you have a small chicken breast, that's going to be different, have a different caloric value than if you have a very large chicken breast. So I was trying to think of an example that's just like across the board the same. And so I just picked an egg. Okay. So like one egg, one large egg, let's just say out of a carton. So one egg contains 71 calories. Okay. So then we're looking at what these calories, where do these, these 71 calories come from? Right. And so if you look at the nutritional label on your carton of eggs or whatever, you can see it broken down there. It'll have, it'll say one egg, which is the serving size. It'll say 71 calories, which is the total number of calories. But then those calories are made up of six and a half grams of protein, five grams of fat, and then no carbs. And so if you want to do the math, I know that for visual people, it's probably easy to see this, but Basically, from that six and a half grams of protein, since we know that each one gram of protein has four calories, we're basically just going to take six and a half grams times four, which equals 26 calories. So we know out of those 71 calories that 26 of those calories come from protein. Right. Okay. And then we'll do the same thing for fat. So five grams of fat, we know that in one gram of fat, uh, there's nine calories. So we're going to take five times nine and that's 45. So we know that 45 calories out of those 71 comes from fat. I know this sounds really confusing. And when you're tracking macros or calories, you do not have to do this math all yeah, the time. No. It's it's done for you. Right. Um, it's just good to understand like, oh, okay, this is the, this is the nutrients of an egg and this is how those calories are broken down and i just want to point out that like when ryan and i were saying the thing the great thing about tracking macros is that like you learn the value of food like this is a great example so like if i you know i'm tracking macros and i know that like an egg has this much protein and this much fat and no carbs like i'm better able to make choices based on like what i still need to fit into my macros um And it helps me explain, like, why, for example, having an egg white is healthier because you're taking away the fat portion. So you're, like, really just getting your nutrients from protein. Right. So this is just a good example of, like, you learn where food has value and, like, where it comes from. Right. And so, like, if you want to test this out and you're curious, like, just go to your pantry or wherever your fridge and look at some of the nutrition labels on some of the foods. And so, like, you'll be able to now look at a nutritional label and say, okay, it tell it says that whatever, this can of soda obviously has no protein in it and no fat, but it's got whatever it is, like 30 grams of carbs. So now you know, okay, I take 30 and I times it by four because there's four gram or four calories and a gram of carb. And so you take 33 times four and then that's where you get the total calories. So you can start being able to figure it out. What's also really helpful about this is that a lot of nutritional labels now will not add up and that that is because there this is gets a little bit more complicated but some nutritional labels consider fiber which fiber is actually a carb mm. will not include those fiber calories in the total carb count Weird. but our body still has to digest that fiber Uh, or, you know, we still use that fiber for energy. And if you are calorie counting, you have to include that fiber. Right. Um, um, so yeah, if you want to test it out, go look at some nutritional labels, do the math, test it out. Yeah. You you know, you can see. Um, all right. So that's kind of like a general overview of like what are macronutrients. And now we're going to dive just a little bit deeper into each macro. Yeah. Right. Um, so we're going to start with carbs and thinking about like, what are carbs, right? So carbs are basically sugar. 
um, carbs can be categorized into two categories. So you can have simple or complex. Mm-hmm. Not good or bad. Right. Not good or bad. <laughs> right. Um, and the the easiest way that I can uh, explain the difference between simple and complex Um, it just has to do with how fast our body utilizes that energy. So simple carbs like hit your system really fast and we use that for like quick energy. Um, and complex carbs take our body a little bit more time, a little bit longer to digest. And so we use that for more sustainable energy. So for example, like if I eat a banana, I usually eat a banana like pre-workout because I know it's going to hit me really quickly and it's going to give me that quick energy that I need. Whereas like if I have a bowl of oatmeal, like it's going to take my body a little bit longer to digest that. So that would probably not be a good pre-workout choice, just as an example. Gotcha. Um, Some examples too of complex carbs are starches, um, lactose, so that's a milk sugar, fructose, which is a fruit sugar, um, and sucrose, which is basically table sugar. So we'll get into this in a minute, but when you you hear sugar and you freak out because you think it's bad, most people are referring to that sucrose, that table sugar. Right. Which again, we're not placing morality on food, but like sucrose table sugar is, you know, what's in donuts and bread, or, you know, maybe not bread, but donuts and sweets and candy and things like that, diet or soda, right? Which is very different from fructose, which is comes obviously from fruit or lactose milk sugar. So it's good to kind of understand. So those are all complex carbs, um, which uh, your body, when we eat complex carbs, your body breaks those down into glucose, uh, which your body uses as its primary and its preferred energy source. Got it. Okay. So your body then stores that glucose in the brain, blood, liver, and muscles for when it needs quick energy. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, So basically any food that comes from a plant will contain carbs. Right. Right. So, um, and this is where, you know, carbs get this like bad uh, reputation, right? We, we are like conditioned to think that carbs cause you to, to gain weight, Um, and it's important to know, like something that really helped me when I was first tracking was like no single macro is solely responsible for weight gain. Right. So if you don't understand that and you missed last week's episode, definitely pause this and go back and listen to that because we talk about the basic understanding of calories in, calories out, and overall energy balance and what causes someone to gain weight or to lose weight and what has to happen in order in the body in order for that to occur. So if you're curious about that, definitely go back and listen to that. But yes, you cannot, it's not, if you're gaining weight and you feel like it's because of carbs, it's actually because you're those maybe those carbs are leading you to eating more calories than you're burning, which is going to lead you to gain weight. You technically could accomplish the same goal if you ate too much fat or you ate too much protein or you ate too much of the combination of all three of those things, which is probably the most likely the case, right? Right, because essentially what you're doing is you're eating in a caloric surplus, so you're eating too many calories. Right, and so I think the other important thing um to note there that if it were if it were that carbs were leading you to gain weight think about the types of foods that you are thinking of when you're thinking oh carbs may be fat right like if you because now that we understand that all the foods that we eat have a different ratio of protein fat and carbs if it were solely carbs that were causing you to gain weight that just means basically you're eating a bunch of fruit all the time right that's like the only thing you're eating or you're just like downing soda or you're just like downing a, a, a bunch of sugar or like candy, right? Because when when we even think about like, this is where I think it gets interesting because um, when we when people blame carbs for weight gain, it's usually because they overindulge on, carbs are easy to eat, right? Like we all yeah, know that. Like right. we love bread, we love donuts, we love cake, all the pizza, like all that stuff. But if you look at the nutritional breakdown of those foods, it's not just carbs, it's the combination of carbs and high fat right or you know it's barely the combination of carbs and and, and protein or whatever but like usually like all of those easy to indulge on foods are high in carbs and fat it's that combination in my personal opinion that those are all the things that are like easy to overindulge on and then that's what's causing you to gain weight it's not the carbs it's that combo Right. Because when you put those two combos together, it's literally all the it's all the good foods. It's pizza, it's hamburgers, it's 
you know, like, like French fries. Exactly. So, you know, when you're thinking about demonizing and you're demonizing carbs, you got to keep in mind, it's like, okay, it's not just the carbs that's making this a calorically dense or expensive food. It's those combinations. Right. Um, So really try to think about that. But, you know, I think this myth tends to lead to people avoiding carbs altogether. And you can't really, I don't really feel like that's a good route because by doing that, you're missing out on vital micronutrients. So those vitamins and minerals um, that come from eating a lot of vegetables and fruit. I have some clients who refuse to eat fruit because it's high in sugar, but they will also go and eat sugary stuff like Mm. cake and whatever. Right, but then you're missing out on like vitamin A, vitamin C, like all these other things that we need. Right. Fruit is not bad for you. Vegetables are not bad for you, right? And like the eating vegetables, eating a diet that's high in vegetables and fruit is not going to make you gain weight. It's going to be taking those carb calories and combining them with high fat calories and like again, like like we said, french fries, pizza, like all those foods, that's where those become problematic because they're easy to eat like we've heard i'm sure that you've heard the term like empty calories right like as much as i love pancakes if you're not eating protein protein pancakes and you're eating like basic bisquick or whatever like homemade pancakes like they're high in fat and high in carbs and then you're hungry like an hour later right right because it's our bodies using that energy really quick it's not really satiating but we they're calorically expensive um, and so then that that's what leads us to overeating. And the right. overeating is what makes us gain weight. So it's just important to understand that in that specific context. Right. And again, how many carbs you need per day will depend really on like your body composition goals, um, your training intensity, your activity level, your weight. All of these like obviously vary dramatically from person to person. Right. And... <clears throat> You'll never, like, it's just so important to walk away knowing that, like, when you're doing something like macro macro tracking, it's very unlikely that you're going to exist in a space where it's like, all right, no more carbs forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, like, again, like, I probably should have said this in the beginning, you know, it, nutrition is just one of those things that it's extremely nuanced, and it's it's not, there's no one way, like... The reason why I prefer this way is because it helps me, allows me to make the most choices. It gives me the most options and that's what works for me. But like, like we talked about this again, if you're wondering, like, we're not going to break down different diets, but if you want to hear that, go back to the last episode. But like, we're really talking about like, this is the concept of how our bodies use energy and how our foods are made up. But like, there's different strategies for how to use these micronutrients to better suit your needs based off all those factors that Rachel just listed out. And so I think the more educated you can become on that will allow you and lead you to a direction to deciding which one might be right for you. Right. And again, that's always where getting a professional involved if you're really not sure is really beneficial because they'll help you look at your goals and help you determine a path that's going to be make sense and it's going to be sustainable. Right. I don't recommend macro counting for everybody because I know, A, I know some people just flat out aren't going to do it because they don't have in, they don't have an interest in it or they don't want that level of detail, you know, but like that, that might make them more suited for a different style of diet. So it really just depends as most things in the industry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right, y'all. So we talked about carbs. Let's move on to my favorite macronutrient, which is protein. Yeah. Um, so protein is made of amino acids, which are the building blocks of your body. Right. Super important. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so muscles, organs, bones, they're all made from protein. So therefore protein is absolutely necessary in order to repair and maintain your body's tissues. So AKA, like we're always talking about in the context of fitness. So we're talking about being able to recover from training. Yeah. So regardless of what kind of training you're doing, um, even when when you're running, there's a lot of eccentric movements in there, which means you're tearing and damaging a lot of those muscle fibers. Um, you need to be able to repair those. Um, if you're lifting weights regularly, right? You're literally the concept of lifting weights means that you're doing, you're adding stress and you're doing damage to your muscle tissue. That doesn't, I don't mean in a bad way, obviously. That's just like at the, the stress cellular that you're putting, level, that's yeah, what happens. Right. That's what we're doing. And in order to recover, we have to be able to repair and rebuild, 
right? So you're, you, that probably sounds like, you know, building muscle mass, which is exactly what protein is used for. It's also needed to build lean muscle. This does not mean that if you don't want to gain muscle, you should not eat protein. Yes, There's don't this do that. other stigma in the industry that bodybuilders eat protein. And if I eat protein, I'm going to get bulky and I'm going to gain weight. And this is because people use it to bulk. And this is not all that protein is used for. Yes, it does repair your body's tissues. Yes, it does help you recover from training, but it's also recommended if you're looking to build muscle and it's vital for weight loss, yep. especially if you want to, or use our favorite term, be <laughs> quote unquote toned. Right. Y'all, when I first started um, tracking macros, I, I think the first couple weeks I did it, I really just, I didn't change anything. I just ate how I would normally eat. And it was eye-opening because I was eating maybe 70 grams of protein a day, maybe, on a good day. Um, And super high in fat and super high in carbs. That was my diet, essentially. And I had the same kind of stigma around protein. Like, oh, well, if I eat protein, like, I'm going to, you know, I'll get super bulky or whatever. And um, I remember the first time... Like, I saw Ryan use a blender bottle to, like, blend up protein powder. And I was like, oh, like, okay. Like, Ryan's, like, getting super bulky over here. You know, and it's just this idea you have of, like, bodybuilders, like, you know, throwing back their protein powder and stuff. And I just never knew how important and vital it is to get enough of that for your body yeah and i'll go into why in a minute but like i just laugh at that so hard because like if that's all i had to do to gain muscle like i would be so relieved i know like if all i had to do was to get super bulky was just chug protein shakes like my life would be i would have a lot of free time yeah (laughs) Um, right yeah big misconceptions for sure but so essentially like the more protein you eat the better you'll look um when you do lose weight since you're like preserving this lean muscle mass right um yeah and the thing that i want to say in relation to protein and 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 fat loss or weight loss um is that there's a few reasons why i i claim why this is so so important not i claim it's well-known facts you can google it or look it up or whatever there's a lot of studies about this about how you know high protein diets are great for weight loss the reason the top three reasons are a you are the more protein you eat, the more satiated you ha- you yes. are. So we talk about how like some foods are calorically expensive and some you know foods that do not have a lot of calories. Like you can literally eat a whole bag of spinach; it's like fifty calories. Right. Um. So if I eat, if I'm on a diet to lose weight and I eat a high protein diet, I'm gonna feel a lot better throughout the day because I'm gonna be that protein, those high protein meals, whatever I choose to eat. Um, is going to keep me fuller longer. Yep. So I'm going to be less likely to snack on things that are calorically expensive or think, or feel like I'm walking around all day starving. Right. Right. And so that's the number one reason why it's good for weight loss. Second reason, like you already said, like it does preserve the map, the muscle mass that you have. We all have a certain level of muscle mass. And so if you are somebody that does have a higher level of body fat, that muscle mass is there. It's just underneath the layers of fat. Right. And so as you lose that fat, you're going to be exposing more of that muscle mass. But if you don't eat a high protein diet, your body doesn't know the difference and it's going to be burning away fat, but also the t- uh, you're also going to be losing muscle mass in the process. Right. So this is maybe not as true for somebody who has a lot of weight to lose, but for somebody that doesn't have as much weight to lose, you might find that while the scale, if you're not eating a high protein diet, when that scale weight is going down and you feel like you don't look any different, that's probably because you're not eating a high protein diet. There are a lot of people who drop like 20 pounds and their body composition, you can tell they've lost weight, but their body composition hasn't really changed that much. And I'm just making a broad assumption here. So if I'm wrong, feel free to email me and yell at me. But like, I'm assuming when most people are looking to lose weight, they have an, a picture in their mind of what they want to look like. And I would probably p- put money on the fact that that person may not be super muscular, but is probably has some level of muscle definition. Right. Right. And in order to achieve that, you have to eat a high protein diet. Otherwise, you're going to lose muscle just as much as you're going to lose fat. And you're just going to look like a smaller version of yeah. your bigger self. And I don't mean to make, I don't, I hope that doesn't come across as like 
insensitive or or mean or whatever i don't mean it that way i just mean that like we think that we want to have this like kind of chiseled like defined look and the way that you need to do that is to preserve as much muscle mass as you can while you're in your weight loss phase right um the third and last reason and then we can move on is the fact that like the more lean mass you have on your frame the more calories you burn per day so this is also important if you're trying to lose weight because, um, and also relevant if you're trying to build muscle mass, because if you, the more lean mass you have, the more, the more higher your metabolism is, the faster you are burning calories or the more calories you're burning. Um, and so if you're in a weight loss phase, um, you probably want to be able to eat more. Like the goal would be to like lose weight, eating as much food as possible. And the higher protein diet you can eat, the more muscle mass you're going to maintain, the more calories you're going to be able to eat and still lose weight. Right. So again, not getting too far into the weight loss, but those <laughs> are three things that are important. So so um, a basic guideline, like I said, when I started tracking macros, I was only eating 70 grams of protein a day and I truly had no gauge on like, well, how many, how much protein do I need to eat? Um, and a basic guideline to aim for is like one gram per pound of body weight. Yeah. Um, if you do the math on that, it might seem like a lot. Yeah. And for me, for sure, like, right, because I'm um, now I'm at the point where I eat about 140, 135 grams of protein a day. So I basically doubled what like I previously used to eat. And I just want to point out that like, I am mostly vegan. Um, I don't eat a ton of I do eat some, like, creamer in my coffee and cheese sometimes, but um, I don't eat meat, and I haven't for 12 years. So um, it is possible, and if you are someone who does eat meat, it's really possible. Um, if you're someone who doesn't eat meat or has, like, a vegan lifestyle, um, it is definitely possible. You know, I have to be a little more um, intentional about it, um, but... It is hard at the start, definitely. Yeah, I remember when I first, again, when I first was reading this book that introduced me to macro counting and I figured that I had to eat, you know, one gram per pound of body weight, that seemed impossible. And I remember starting out like the first few days, like I would get to, I think I was supposed to be eating like 130 grams. That's, I weighed a lot less than, um, I think I was supposed to be 130 grams of protein a day. And I remember getting to 80 and just being like, I can't imagine eating more. Yeah. <laughs> and so give yourself an adjustment period. So this is what I was going to say. Like if that seems like impossible and you, most people are not eating a high protein diet. And so if you're starting out with this, like do it in phases. So like start out with like maybe 0.8 grams per pound or, you know, if a hundred and over a hundred grams sounds impossible, just start with a hundred. Yeah. Like I did that with a client yesterday. It's just like, I, because the goal is to be able to hit it. And so a lot of this is going to be like habit based. So a lot of it is going to be there's a learning curve for sure of like learning like portions and how much, you know, how many, how much, how big the chicken breast has to be and like sizing and all of that kind of stuff. It's an adjustment. So give yourself some time to kind of work up to it. But you can really, even if you're not weighing, just try to be more mindful. Yeah. Like a good starting point is trying to get at least 20 to 30 grams each meal. Yeah. Okay. So like breakfast, that can look like a lot of different things. That can look like yogurt. That can look like, you know, sausage, bacon. Those things are high in fat, but like you know, there's a lot of egg whites, eggs, like turkey. There's a yeah. lot of other things. Some oatmeal is pretty high in protein. Yeah, so I like, do oatmeal with protein powder. And on the weekends, we do like protein pancakes and we'll get in a significant amount like right. that. And then, you know, for lunch, that could be like a can of tuna. That could be chicken. That could be turkey. Like, you know, there's a lot of different options that you have there. But if you're starting out trying to eat more protein, just like try to be mindful. And now that you know how to read a, a nutrition label, you know, and look at it in the in the context of um, macro counting, like you can just try to shoot for like 20 to 30 grams per protein uh, per meal, I mean, um, and just start there. And once you got that down, then just try to up it with snacks or like up it with other things. But that's a good starting point. So like I said, even if you don't plan on counting macros, like a high protein diet is probably the best choice that you can make for your nutrition for the reasons that I stated before. Yeah. Um, most people eat very little. When I take on a new client, I ask them to give me a three-day food journal. Yep. And I don't judge them for it, obviously. Like, that's not the goal. The goal is just to, like, literally write down every single thing that you're eating just so that I can look at, the, at it and just, we have a starting point of what we need to work on. And 
I have probably never gotten a diet. This is not, again, this is not a bad thing. This is just like a typical American diet. Um, you know, usually it comes back to me and it's always the same. It's very high in carb, very high in fat yep. and little to zero protein. That's exactly how my diet was. Me too. Me and too. I just want to name that I was eating something like 1200, 1300 calories a day. Yeah, I was, was not, very low in calories. Right, I was not eating enough. So we're going to give you guys this as an exercise at the end, uh, spoiler alert, but like it's a good place to start just to kind of learn where you're at so you can learn, you can pair that to the context of what we're talking about then kind of look at, okay, here's where I am, here's where I want to go and this is how I'm going to gradually start working up towards it. But that's exactly what my diet was. I was gluten-free for five years and I realized later, this is a hypothesis, this is not scientifically proven, but... When I started eating, I went gluten-free for five years because anytime I ate carbs, like my stomach would just cram. And as soon as I started macro counting and I ate a more balanced diet, um, you know, between protein, carbs, and fat, I was able to reintroduce gluten into my diet because I think personally it's because before my, I was basically eating like an all-carb diet. I was eating like cereal for breakfast, like a big sandwich for lunch that probably had like no protein in it. Um, and then I would eat like pasta for dinner and sweets and sugar and this, like I would drink a, I'd drink a ton of beer. <laughs> like I basically was on like an all carb diet. Yeah. And so when I started having a more balanced diet, I was able to, I think my body just kind of hit its threshold. And like when I started having a more balanced diet, I was able to reintroduce slowly, of course, um, more carbs, but I was able to handle them and now I can eat whatever I want and I feel fine. Yeah. And so again, that's not scientifically proven. Don't like, you know, hold me to it. But I do think that like it was adding more protein and just having a more overall balanced diet. So that's how most people eat. So I did not start out like this, like this is, you know, I started eating pretty badly and just gradually evolved over the last like five years. So it takes time, but it's absolutely doable. Um, just yeah. work on it in baby steps. Yeah, for sure. All right, y'all. So the last macronutrient we're going to talk about is fat. Um, and this is another one that, like, similar to carbs where it's like, oh, you shouldn't eat fat, right? So let's break that down a little. Um, fat is a necessary and essential uh, macronutrient. So fats are also used in the body for energy, but some fats are extremely important for survival as they allow us to absorb certain vitamins necessary for health and life. Right. Fats are also really important for hormone production, um, regulation, and also brain function. So we can get fats from a wide variety of plant and animal sources. Obviously, the most obvious ones are uh, from animal fats. So like that's dairy fats, or sorry, animal fats. So like meat or non-lean meats, um, dairy, like butter, uh, nuts, plants, uh, seed oils, like coconut oil, olive oil, all that good stuff. Um Fats are really easy. It's easy to get a lot of fat. It's really easy to get them, get fat in, in like a standard Americanized diet. Right. Because you also got to think, like I said, if the majority of, you know, if, if we have fats that come from oils, like even when you go out to a restaurant or something and you order something like fairly healthy, you know, most of the time, because it's at a restaurant, they're cooking things in a lot of oil. So even when you go out to eat, I mean, that was just like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say this, but that was like maybe one of the heartbreaking things about learning the caloric value of food and, and how macro counting and eating out, because even the things that I would eat, like I used the sweet green example. Yeah. I was just going to say, I ordered something from sweet green and looked up their, the macros for it. And the thing that I ordered had 42 grams of fat. And right. I was like, what? That's like, more how? than half. That's more than half the amount of fat that I eat in a day or that I'm allowed in a day. Right. So, I Yeah, I think right now I'm at 56 grams of fat. So that would like eating that whole sweet green would have like, you know, taken my whole day up. Right. So it's very, I'm just saying like, we'll get into the nitty gritty later, but like it's, it's, it's very easy to get a lot of fat. So this usually is not something that you have to, it's usually something you try to, need to be more mindful of um and maybe you know not i'm not saying go low fat like we, we need it yep um but you know i'm just saying like it's, it's pretty easy it's not something you have to that most people have to try harder to get like protein is right um if a starting point uh, like we mentioned for carbs and for protein already but a starting point for fat is i'd recommend fat being anywhere from like 20 to 30 percent of your total caloric or your total diet or calories for the day. So if you're eating 2,000 calories a day, 
30, 20 to 30% of those calories should come from fat. I wouldn't go over 30. And just remember that like fat is, you'll consume less grams of it because it's more calories per gram. Right. So if we're saying like, oh, I only eat like for, I went probably almost a year and a half only having 55 grams of fat a day, which does not sound like a lot. But again, like Rachel just said, 55 times nine, like that may still made yeah. up that 20 to 30% um, of my total calories for the day. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're not talking about diets like keto where the fat intake is obviously much higher. Right, right. We're not putting butter in our coffee or anything. Yeah, no, not for me. Um. Okay, so that's the breakdown of your macronutrients. So you have carbs, protein, fat. Um, so now we're going to talk about, like, what is macro counting? Um, well, first of all, like, macro counting is different from calorie counting. It's, like, different things. Um, because you're analyzing one step further uh, and you're thinking about, like, what mat- macronutrients are making up the total number of calories that you're eating. Right. So the best example of those differences or why somebody would count calories but not macros is I think, like, last episode we talked about, like, Weight Watchers using a point system, which is basically counting calories, but you're not trying to get a certain number of proteins a day or right. a certain number of carbs per day or anything like that. Um You're really just trying to stay below, like, if you're trying to lose weight, you're really just trying to stay in that deficit. Right, exactly. So, like, you could literally just, like, only count calories and and ignore macros and still lose weight. So that's an important, or or gain weight. That's still an important um, thing to differentiate. But like I said, it just allows you that one more level of control, which in my opinion comes, is very, very important if you have specific body composition and training goals. Right. I know for me, like when I was eating in my high fat, high carb diet, um, with very little protein, what I noticed about how I felt was like often very tired, sluggish, not a lot of energy, um, hungry all the time, like just could never feel like satisfied and always kind of craving. Right. Um, now that I'm able to like kind of fine tune and focus in on my macros, I think the benefit is like, I'm definitely more energized, able to show up in the gym and do heavy lifting, which like, you know, wasn't as possible for me. Actually, why I started tracking my macros was because I wanted to lift heavier in the gym And I felt like I didn't have the energy to sustain myself to do it. And so I was like, I know the next step in this process and it's to track macros. And it really did make such a difference in like how I was able to show up in the gym and just in my daily life, how I felt my sleep improved. I felt more energized. Um, All of those, all of those really good things that like now make it so worth um, doing that, that macro tracking. Yeah, for sure. Hands down. I mean, I had the exact same experience. Like, again, I've been referencing this book when I read and learned about macro counting and I started doing it, like it changed the game for me. Like it was a complete, total game changer. Like my body composition immediately improved. I felt better. I slept better. I trained better. Um, So if you have specific body composition goals, like you, you have a certain, like I said, you have a certain physique in mind macro counting is the best way to get there because it allows you that fine level of control if you are somebody that trains really hard so let's talk about that we don't really talk about that a lot if you are somebody that trains really hard like for example like endurance runners right they need a lot of carbs because they're burning a crap ton of calories and they need that long standing energy right so like athletes eat a lot of carbohydrates people who are trying to like me right now i'm trying to gain muscle mass we don't talk a lot about muscle mass on this podcast, but that's my personal goal. That's what I'm trying to do. So to do that, I'm eating in a caloric surplus, but the breakdown of my macros are very, very specific to my body composition goal, which is going to ensure that A, I'm getting enough protein to build muscle mass, B, I'm getting enough carbohydrates to sustain my long training sessions and the frequency of which I'm training at, um, and to make sure that I'm never without that level of energy and then because of those two things are calorically expensive in combination with one another i have very little fat but that's still enough to allow me my normal hormone function and to to fit that 20 30 percent um it's just the less the uh, least amount of, of where my calories are going each day so um if you have specific body composition goals macro counting is a great uh a great way to do that so let's look at a quick example here um so you, you want to read that yeah one? so okay so 
For example, if your goal is to eat 2,000 calories per day and your macro ratios are divided by 40% calories from carbs, 30% from protein, and 30% from fat, your targets would be 200 grams of carbs, right? So 200 times 4 equals 800 calories. 150 grams of protein, so 150 times 4 is 600 calories. And then 67 grams of fat, so 67 times 9, 603 calories. Right, and so these are what, when we talk about macro targets, this is what we're talking about. So if the, if this was my, if my if I was supposed to eat 2,000 calories a day and this was my macronutrient breakdown, that 40, 30, 30%, these are the macro targets that I would be trying to hit every day. So every single day, I would be trying to hit 2,000 calories first and foremost. But of those calories, I would be trying to hit 200 grams of carbohydrates, 150 grams of protein, and 67 grams of fat. Right. And what's awesome about this, unlike I know we use the analogy of like a bank account, <laughs> what's awesome about this is this resets every single day. Right. You start over at 2,000 every single morning. Right. So if I, for whatever reason, do not hit my targets Tomorrow when I wake up, I have a fresh, clean slate. I start all over again. I try to hit my targets. And this is the point where, like, I just want to, you know, show that when we say that you learn the value of food, like, this is what we're talking about. So, like, let's say I get towards the end of my day and, you know, I only have five grams of fat left, but I have, I still need 20 grams of protein, for example, Like, this is the point where I started learning, like, oh, okay, the value of what I'm eating right now matters. So, like, I can opt for ice cream, which will put me over my fat goal, or, like, maybe I could have yogurt and with honey on it. And that's actually going to, like, fit into my macros. It works. And, like, I'm still getting that, like, sweetness. I'm still getting, you know, that, like, treat that I want at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, And it fits. Yeah. Now... I still have the choice of, like, if I want to just eat the ice cream, like, I can try to make that fit somehow, you know, maybe only eating a certain amount or a smaller portion, for example. So it's not about, like, just cutting out the food, but it's about just saying, like, all right, you know, well, maybe I want, maybe I know I'm going out for ice cream with my family tonight. Maybe I'll track that in the morning so it's already there and I'll eat my day around that. Right. It's about budgeting. And like, that's again, why I like this for people who like, who need a more flexible diet. It's a great option because it allows you to budget where you're spending your calories. Like Rachel said, like Friday nights, if I want to, if I've been craving pizza all week, instead of just saying, oh no, I'm on the super restrictive diet, I'm not eating pizza. Right. Like I'll just wake up Friday morning and be like, all right, we're ordering pizza tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and put that in and calculate those calories for that. And then now I know that whatever I eat for breakfast and lunch today has to just fit this and it's going to be less because you know pizza is calorically expensive like I said but I'm willing to make that trade-off and and being able to make those trade-offs and choose where you budget your calories really works well for a lot of people because it gives you that level of flexibility right and you can still eat those things and as long as you're hitting your macro targets and more importantly as long as you're hitting your calorie number you're still going to achieve your goals now you know, calorie counting gets or macro counting gets a bad rap sometimes online from people who are like, oh, what's here? Just going to eat 2000 calories worth of ice cream because you can. And it's like, A, no one's doing that. And B, <laughs> and B, like technically, yes, but we all know that we would feel like straight trash if right. we filled our, if I only ever filled my macros eating pizza, I would be over my carbs, over way over my fats, and I would never get enough protein. And so right. you're, you can do that every so often because you can learn how to make it work. But like obviously the overall goal is still to choose to eat like good nutrient-dense foods that are nutri- macronutrient balanced, right. right? Because the more balanced each food you choose, the easier it's going to be to hit those targets. If I go and get you know something super fatty, again, I'm just going to use pizza as an example, and it takes up the majority of my fat, it's going to be way harder to hit my protein and my carb goal without going over on fat. Right. Right. And so the more balanced, what this does is help you balance out your diet. So if I eat something that's like very well balanced between protein, carbs, and fat, I'm just going to have an easier time hitting those calories and I'm not, or those targets, and I'm not going to end the day way over on one thing and way under on the other. Yeah. I mean, any, an easy example is like, I used to cook only with butter, 
Like that's just was my thing. And I, it's, I only did that because that is what I saw growing up. Like when my family would cook in the kitchen and I would see them, like they'd take out a stick of butter, they'd cut off a big chunk and they'd put it in the pan. And that's what I grew up seeing. And so when I would go to cook, I would just think, okay, well, that's what you do. And once I started tracking macros and I was like, oh, you know, a tablespoon of butter is 14 grams of fat. That's like a third of my fat or, you know, maybe a little less than that of my fat for the day. And then it's like, all right, well, let me just try an alternative here and see what it's like. And I don't even notice the difference in my eggs or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's like an easy thing I can swap out that like I didn't even really realize before. It's just like so ingrained in, in me. Yeah. And now I've like learned a new thing and I've learned a new way to prep food, for example. Right. Again, this is where I said in the beginning, I think one of the most valuable things that people can learn from this is the caloric value of food because it teaches you how to make those choices. Because I have clients come to me all the time when they start doing this and they'll say, oh my God, I can't believe that. I used to eat this all the time yeah. and like, it's not even worth it to me. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing to be like, Oh, like I used to, like you said, like, Oh, I used to cook with all of this butter. And I realized like I could do that if I wanted to, but it's just not even worth the calories. Like, I don't want to waste my calories on that. I'd rather have this other thing. I'd rather thing. have ice cream after dinner. And that's so empowering, right? Yeah. Because now you're getting to choose, like, and you're getting to make those trade-offs where it's like, yeah, like, I actually don't eat pizza a lot, and it's not because I don't enjoy it. Of course I do. I just have a hard time justifying it. There's so many other things that I would rather eat yeah. that are still fun and, and, you know, are still really good, and I don't have to stress myself out about being so out of off balance or whatever, but... There were also a lot of things that I used to eat that I just easily cut out because I was like, oh, I used to eat that all the time. It's really not worth it to me. I don't really miss it that much. And now I get to choose this other better thing. So, yeah, there's definitely things that like I used to eat all the time. A good example of this is like protein bars. Some There's some protein bars that I get so angry at because I'm like, they're so high in fat and there's not enough protein. And I'm you know, like I'm really pretty, I have to try to get my protein in. Like I said, I'm very intentional about it. So when I do eat something, I'm like, my minimum is it needs to have at least like 15 to 20 grams of protein. And if it doesn't, I'm like, it's not even worth it for me to eat because I'm just going to be scrambling to like get in that protein goal. And when I see protein bars and they're like, yeah, this is a super protein bar. And then it's like six grams of protein. And I'm like, what? This is unfair. Yeah. yeah. No, that brings up a really good point. And then we're going to move on with talking about how to get started with this. But the protein, like the protein craze is here. Like I'm sure if you've been to the grocery store, you've yes. seen it. It's all over the place. Like a lot of brands now, just how like when keto came out, like, High protein. a lot of marketing yeah. tactics now are putting like the grams of protein on the box or the label or whatever. I um, mean, calling it high protein. Now that you understand the caloric value of food and the macronutrient breakdowns and what's high protein and what's not, you can look at that and, and, you know, and really determine that for yourself because a lot of things will say high protein and it's like five grams. Or the other thing that you have to be pay attention to is maybe it is high in protein, but it with that high protein, it's also coming with really, really high, high fat, fat content or really yeah. high carb content. I mean, I love those Impossible Burgers. Like, they taste so good. And they are pretty high in protein. I think they have, like, 20 grams. But they also have, like, 25 grams of fat. Right. So here's a good rule of thumb, just so you know. Um, if you're trying to clean up your diet in the and you're trying to eat more protein, if the fat content is higher, equal to or higher than the protein, it's probably, it's not a high, it's not really that great for you yeah because again think about the cold that's makes it very calorically dense um and again like this is where it's coming from like fattier cuts of meat like i love barbecue i love it i mean it's probably one of my favorite foods but like i definitely limit how much i eat that because it's high in fat it's high in protein but it's got definitely got more fat than it does protein and so i have to really really crush i had to really really tightly budget for it if i want that so that's just another thing to pay attention to is if you know when you're looking at high protein food labels make sure that it doesn't come along with a lot of protein or a lot of carbs right right sorry a lot of fat or a lot of carbs so all right so we're gonna move on to how to get started um 
And before we do, I just want to name like Ryan and I have been doing this for me for three years, him for five. So like, I just want to name and like preface that like it takes time and like it's a it's a process of learning and growing over time steadily. Yeah. So I just want to name that because now we're able to like talk about food in this way. Whereas, you know, three years ago, I was definitely not able to. Yeah, no, it's a learning experience. There's a huge learning curve. But again, like we, I know I talk a lot about this or drop this a lot on this podcast, like talking about like the more data we have, the more well-informed we can be in our decision-making process. And this is just another way of accumulating data. So like, even if you try to start doing this and you are not, or you're having a hard time hitting it, it's still a learning process and you're still able to learn based off the data versus spending and not knowing. Yeah. Not knowing where your calories are going not understanding why you're gaining weight not understanding you know why you're not reaching your goals if you have this data you can go back and say oh wow yeah I ate way too much fat last week and I was way over my calories or I did not eat enough protein and I was starving all day so again this is just all my data nerds out there will really like this because it's again it's just more data that you have to make better uh more well-informed decisions Okay, so here's how you get started. So in the last episode, we shared that macro calculator, which is a super helpful tool. Um, You can use that to find your maintenance calories, um, also referred to as your total daily energy expenditure. T-D-E-E. If you Google that, it'll come up. But yeah, your maintenance calories, basically basically like your break-even calories. Yep. So you can use the calculator to determine your macro needs based on activity levels and goals, which is kind of what we spoke about last week. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways to do this. Uh, If you just Google macro calculator, there's a lot of different ones. I'm linking my favorite one because you can, there's a lot of stuff that you can pull from it. So like Rachel said, like you put in all your information, you tell it what it is that you're trying to achieve, whether it's losing weight, um, gaining weight, maintaining weight, whatever it is. Um, you put in all your information and it'll pump out all of your, your total calories and the grams of protein, carbs, and fat that you should be eating in order to reach your goal. Keep in mind, I love this because there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. And if you really want to know, like you can email me, but this is a really good starting point. Um, so if you choose to do this and you get it in there, just know that it's a starting point. And you will probably have to adjust that as you either, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, you'll probably have to adjust it if you're not losing weight. And it's a good starting yeah, point, but you'll right. need to adjust it along the way. Um, the cool thing, too, about the calculator is that you can select where you want to start. So if you want to do like a balanced diet, low carb, high protein, etc., it'll give you macro targets based on like where you want to go, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, because I know, you know, some people just have different preferences, so it'll allow you to kind of suit those preferences. Right, like maybe you eat high carbs and then you find that it actually doesn't make you feel very good. So maybe you want to eat on the lower carb end, for right. example. Yeah, also some people, and not to go down our carb rabbit hole, but some people just know that their bodies don't respond well to carbs. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, but you know that so you could choose a low carb option. Right. Um, the next thing is that, uh, Ryan and I, like, we are not sponsors of my fitness pal, but <laughs> we talk about it all the time on this podcast. Um, but we use my fitness pal to track our calories. Um, and that just converts it to macros for you. Right. And so what's cool about it is, uh, if it's, if you're eating something that has a barcode on it, like it comes in a package, yep. you can just scan the barcode and it'll automatically drop it in and subtract that from your macros. Yep. Um, you can use my fitness pal to enter your total calories and your macro targets. Um, if again, if you really want to get started with this, it's probably mandatory that you listen to our previous podcast so you can get set up with it properly. We go over all of that in the previous episodes. So we're not going to do that again here. Um, but yeah, once you have these targets, you'll need an app to count them and to track them. Um, that app is my fitness pal that we recommend. You'll also need a kitchen scale. So you're going to have to weigh things. So one thing we haven't really talked about is like, what about foods that don't have, that don't come in some kind of packaging. So like uh, yes. vegetables, fruits, proteins, and things like that. Well, sometimes the proteins, even the, from the meat section will have it on the outer wrapper, but it doesn't always. So what's cool about my fitness pal is like, it's been around so long. You can literally, I don't know that I've ever searched something in there and not found it. Yeah. No, so everything's a, in there. So like you're eating an apple for lunch or whatever you can literally google or you can literally sorry search in my fitness pal like the type apple. of apple that you're eating yeah um but 
here's where the scale comes in. You have to know the size. So you have to know the quantity of the food. So um, that's where you need a kitchen scale to really do this properly. I have clients who try to guesstimate. I don't really recommend it. Um, it's harder it's, that way. It's, I kind of look at macro counting and like maybe this is bad, but I look at it as a black and white thing. You're either going to do it or you're not. Because mm. other if you like half-ass it, oops. <laughs> if you like do it not to your full 100% effort... Uh, you're not going to have the, you're not going to have clean data. Like you're not yeah, going to have. Yeah, no, that's true. So if you're going to do it, like you got to do it. And, right. And, and so, because also at least do it for like a week, at least weigh things for like a week so that you can get used to like what portion size actually looks like. Yeah. I also am going to like play the other side of that, which is like. When I first started tracking macros, I only tracked Monday through Friday and I really only tracked my breakfast and lunch and snacks. I didn't track dinners. Um, I also didn't track alcohol. Uh, That's just how I started because I needed for my own self to ease into it. And it helped me just learn and understand and like get more comfortable and like really just give myself grace easing into it. But I will say now that I do track every single day and every single meal and every single snack, Um, I don't drink anymore, so I don't track that, obviously. Um, I really did see a larger and faster shift in my body composition since I started doing that. Right. Okay. So So I guess my point, right. Like, this is what you always say, like expectations, right? So like, if, if I, I was at that time in my life willing to do it a little bit, knowing that I was not going to see the results I was looking for as quickly because that wasn't really what I was going for. I was really going more for like, let me just eat healthier, learn more about food, clean up my diet a little bit. That's what I was looking for. I wasn't really looking for like a specific body composition goal. Right. Yeah, for sure. So yes, if you're easing into it and this all seems very under, like very overwhelming, just do what you can and like do it till you get the hang of it and just keep adding adding you know more days or more foods or whatever it is like as you get comfortable with it yeah um but that's a good thing to note about the expectations if you have very clear expectations of physicals and you're ready to dive in you know it is you know now that you understand this like it is easier to understand it once you get in the app and you see how it works it's like really intuitive um yeah you know another good example like i'm about to go eat some chicken that i already cooked so i already prepped it i literally just need to weigh out the portion that i'm going to eat yeah so i'm just going to get the kitchen scale i'm going to weigh it in ounces and i'm going to measure out five ounces of chicken i'm going to go into my fitness pal i'm going to search you know cooked boneless skinless chicken type in five ounces in there it's going to subtract it from my daily total yep so that's basically how it works but definitely get the app and just poke around there and you can see it's kind of really interesting <laughs> one last funny story and then we'll wrap this up i told my mom about this um because i was trying to get her to do it and when i told her that you could just go on my fitness pal and search restaurants <laughs> she had me looking up like every restaurant all her favorite foods in our hometown from each restaurant because she wanted to know what it was yeah and i just think like so if you're curious like just download the app and go in there because a lot of major chains and a lot of restaurants and stuff will have their food on there i yeah. know all the fast food restaurants have it on there a lot of other places that maybe you wouldn't think of um, a lot of like restaurants will have their nutrition stuff, like especially like Sweet Green, for example. I think their stuff is in my fitness pal, but you can always always just try to pull up their website, the restaurant's website, and sometimes they'll have it, and then you can enter it in there yourself. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of different options for how to track this. But anyways, um, if you're looking for a place to get started, we're linking all the resources that we talked about in the show notes of this episode. Um, I also recommend a starting point is just to, before maybe you even get into any of this stuff, it's just to keep a food journal yeah. somewhere for a few days. Like it could literally just be in the notes app on your phone, a notebook, whatever you want to do. Um, you can try to log it in my fitness pal without any like real goals yet, just to kind of see where you're at. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I did y'all. I, I actually used my fitness pal, but I didn't have any like specific goals set up yet. I literally just used it to like track what I was eating. And that's how I learned that I was eating super high fat, super high carb, no protein. And that was so insightful for me and really like made me step back and say, okay, like where, where is there room for improvement? Yeah. 
yeah, it's a great place to start. So, um, obviously, like we covered a lot of information. This is probably maybe the most like scientifically dense episode we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm sure you, if you have any questions, um, if you do the macro calendar calculator or you want to get started with this, but all of this seems very overwhelming and you want help with it, you can always email me, and I'm happy to set you up with some macro targets and get you started on the right path. I also have a lot of other resources that help people getting started counting macros. So different charts that show breakdowns of what foods to pick if you need protein, what foods to pick if you need protein and carbs, what foods to pick if you need only fat or whatever. So I have all that stuff and I'm more than happy to share it with you uh, for free, of course. So just if you need help, email me, Ryan at True Grit Strength, and we'll get you on the right track. All right, y'all. I know this was a ton of information, but I hope that it was helpful. Um, We will not be here next week um, because Ryan is heading out of town. So we'll be back in two weeks. Cool. All right, y'all. Have a great week. Bye.